Well, the final four is all set, and a Big 12 team is in the mix. The Kansas Jayhawks heading to the final four, first time since 2018, where they're going to be meeting this same team from four years ago, the Villanova Wildcats. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. And now we welcome on Matthew Postens. As we have all basketball season long, we at least have one more week of these conversations. Matthew, let's start uh, with Kansas in the Final Four. Talk about that Miami game. Uh, you wrote about this on the site, but I'm watching the game on Sunday, and I, I firmly believe the momentum felt like it changed. Final play of the first half, uh, you look at what was happening with K.J. Adams going up against McGusty there in that final possession, and he held Cam McGusty to a fadeaway, you know, bad jump shot, and it was just great defense from a freshman who really hasn't been a, a significant player in any way this season. Was that the moment things changed for you, and then the second half was obviously a blowout for KU, or is there something else you're looking at? Well, I think he was certainly the object lesson that uh, Bill Self used at halftime. He even referenced the postgame. He said, you know, you know, I didn't really have a big speech with my guys at halftime. I basically just said, we need to play defense better. And, you know, K.J. Adams comes in off the bench and plays the best 25 seconds of defense that anybody's played the entire half. So I think he kind of used that, you know, one little defensive play that K.J. Adams made in that game and used it as a way to, to challenge his guys. And, um Certainly the defense picked up, but really the first five minutes of that second half, David McCormick only played five minutes in the second half and eight points. And for the for the entirety of the NCAA tournament run, it's been Remy Martin who's provided the energy for this team. And in those five minutes, you know, David McCormick kind of fueled them up. Uh, it was really kind of extraordinary to watch. You know, we know he's banged up. We know he's got foot and knee issues. He scored eight points in those five minutes, and it seemed to feed Christian Brown, who followed up with a dunk and a three that put him up by eight. And then Ochai Baji finally started playing like a national player of the year finalist in that game. It was it was sort of like a – it just the momentum just kept building that entire half. But it started with that little defensive play that K.J. Adams made at the end of the half, Bill Self being able to use that as sort of the way to motivate his team. And then from there, it was defense feeling offense, and it just became this – snowball rolling downhill that Miami just could not stop. Exactly right. Now, it was clear, too, watching that second half that Kansas was the better team. Uh, But we've seen these kind of lapses from Kansas where they just – I don't know if they're not engaged, they're not uh, whatever it is. I mean, what do you you think it is where this team just kind of can look so different from one half to the other? Yeah, they've had a lot of that this year. It just seems like in the first half – they don't come out lackadaisical or anything like that, but the, the the execution just doesn't seem to be there. And I think part of it is, you know, the other team comes out, it's Kansas. You want to beat them because, you know, it's Kansas. And that that holds true in the Big 12 or the NCAA tournament. So you come out and you kind of punch them in the mouth a little bit. And that's kind of been the MO, the, you know, the first, you know, since the Texas Southern game here in the NCAA tournament, Crichton, you know, all these other teams that kind of punch them in the mouth in the first half, and then they come out in the second half and they adjust. And, you know, if that's going to be the rhythm, I, I think that's fine. A lot of teams make a lot of adjustments from, from first half to second half. You'd like to come out and play better in the first half. But, um, you know, the thing that's really interesting about Kansas, and we don't talk about a lot about their defense, um, going into that game with Miami, they had the best 
opponent field goal percentage in the tournament at 34.1%. In other words, they, they were holding opponents to 30 34.1% shooting. Mm-hmm. By the end of the game, they held Miami down to 34.7% shooting. So even though they're not, you know, kind of kicking it into gear in the first half from an offensive standpoint, their defense has been stealthily good throughout this tournament, especially in terms of just making sure opponents don't shoot a high percentage uh, throughout the game. And that's going to serve them well next weekend down in New Orleans. Yes, I agree, and that is uh, obviously a Villanova team that is very slow on um, on uh, offensively on their side, plays very good defense, so we'll talk more about that game later this week, of course, but I, I, I'm liking the under uh, the, the more and more I think about the matchup. So Kansas is going to the Final Four. Uh, before, And we're not going to analyze the game right now, Matthew, but just curiosity-wise, how much pressure is there on Bill Self going into this Final Four, being the favorite, and, you know, in the eyes of, of some KU faithful, probably hasn't done as much in the big dance as as he should have based on the expectations and the team that he's had over the last couple of decades. Well, I think there's always going to be pressure based on the fact that you're the head coach of Kansas and yeah. you've only won one national championship. The, the 2018 team, the one that got to the Final Four that year, I felt like that was a bit more of a, bit more of a miracle to a certain degree because they weren't a very deep team and they really rode Devontae Graham to that Final Four. This team is deeper. They're Mm -hmm. more talented. They've got more offensive options. They're playing defense better. I feel like they're a team that can get to the national championship game and compete well with either Duke or North Carolina, whichever one of those teams advances. So, you know, I feel like there's pressure just inherent to being the head coach of Kansas. But I think if you're a Kansas fan and you're comparing 2018 to 2022, you look at this team and you think to yourself, we've got a much better chance this time around than we had four years ago. And what do you make in terms of uh, what's happened to this point? I mean, Ochag Baji has really not had a great tournament. It seems like he's, I don't know if deferred to Remy Martin is the word or whatever's going on there, but uh, obviously Remy's been a huge role and a part of the success the last couple of weeks. But Agbaji's kind of fallen by the wayside. Is is he losing confidence because now Remy's becoming the guy? What do you think's happening there? I don't think so. I, you know, he finally kind of unlocked himself Sunday yeah. uh, against Miami and had a big game. But, you know, you look back at the, the uh, Sweet 16 game, you know, he didn't have a great game offensively, but he had a career-high four blocks. So there's energy to the way he's playing no matter whether he's scoring points or not. You know, when these two guys played together in the starting lineup in November and December, there was I, don't, I really didn't see a lot of difference to either one of them. They were both getting their offense. With Remy coming off the bench now, you know, he's brought them a certain energy that I think just in, in listening to the players during the first and second round games, being there in person at Fort Worth, I, I feel like Christian and Ochai were both kind of saying, you know, we get that this guy's helping us. We get that this guy is kind of giving us a, a real boost of momentum that we didn't have a month ago. So we're just going to kind of ride it. And then Sunday, you know, Remy didn't have as good a game. He only scored nine points. And then I think Christian and Ochai both kind of said, okay, now it's time for us to step up. And that's exactly what they did. Now the thing you've got to do next weekend is you've got to get all these guys clicking at the same time. And I think they're really close to it now. You know, if Ochai goes back into that game Saturday against Villanova and plays the same way he did in the second half on Sunday and plays that way the whole game, same way with Christian, same way with Remy and David, then they're going to be really hard to deal with for Villanova, certainly, and they're going to be hard to deal with for Duke and North Carolina. I feel like 
you know, the chemistry is, is almost there. It's almost where it needs to be. Uh, I think we could see a really big tournament out of Ojai Baji next weekend. Yeah, and uh, that would be obviously huge for KU. Oh, and uh, by the way, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers right now, using our promo code HCS, can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. And here's the thing. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Yeah, you heard that right. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? And then track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code HCS. That's HCS for Heartland College Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with our promo code HCS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. A great way to help grow this show. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's talk, Matthew, about the the teams that came up short, uh, Texas Tech and Iowa State. Uh, let's start with Iowa State. Uh, they lost to Miami on Friday night. I mean, if you predicted Iowa State to go two wins to the Sweet 16, I hope that you never have to work again. So I don't think Iowa State fans can really be upset about the outcome of this season and how this team progressed. Fair? I mean, what should Cyclones fans be feeling after how this season came to an end? No, I think they should feel really good about it. I mean, like I told you last week, my expectation for them was hopefully finishing 500 and maybe squeezing into the NIT. I yeah. mean, nobody expected this kind of a turnaround, and I think we're going to have to start recalibrating our expectations in the transfer portal era because that's how partly how T.J. Otzelberger built this team. He built it through transfer portal guys, and he's going to have to dip into the portal again because Isaiah Brockington is declared for the NBA draft, so he's got to go out and find a new leading scorer, although I think Tyrese Hunter is probably going to be that guy next year. This game in Miami, it really boiled down to the second half, and we know that Iowa State has had offensive deficiencies all season. Um, They managed to ride them out uh, the first two games because they did such a tremendous job of holding uh, uh, Wisconsin below 50 points in that second round game, but they just couldn't do it with Miami. You know, Cameron McGusty has had a great tournament. Uh, he gave Kansas trouble, a lot of trouble in the elite eight game in the first half of that game. He had 27 against uh, Iowa state. He was just um, impossible for Iowa state to figure out. And, and that really, well, that really helped propel Miami to their first elite eight in program history. But I don't think cycle of fans should be feeling bad about anything right now i mean they should feel really good about the future tyrese hunter's coming back uh they got a kid named eli king who transferred in from a, a big east school didn't play this year but he'll play next year um future is very bright there they're going to be they're going to go from being a team that we thought you know might finish 500 this year to a team that's going to be a, a contender in the big 12 next year uh they've they've got enough pieces to do it they've just got to start developing those pieces further now Meantime, Matthew, when you look at what happened on the other side of the bracket, Texas Tech losing to Duke. Duke is off to a Final Four. It just it, it became pretty evident. The second half, by the way, was really where this game was won. Uh, if you told oh, yeah. me that that Tech would score forty points in that second half, 
I would have told you they would have won the game, but Duke scored 49, I think it was, in the second half. So so why did that defense completely collapse for Tech in the second half? Yeah, the thing is, the defense really didn't collapse. They made things very difficult for Duke. The problem was Duke shot 72% from the field in the second half and 50% from the three-point line in the second half and 86% from the free-throw line in the second half. Tech played a very good second half. Duke was just at another level. I mean, when a team shoots 70% from the floor and a half, there's not much you can do about it. And you you pointed out, you know, Tech scored 40. Duke scored 49. Tech had a four-point lead at the half. Duke had to do all of that just to beat Tech by five points. Mm-hmm. They had to do all of that in the second half just to beat Tech by five points. So that tells you that the defense was still there for Tech, that the game was still being played at an extremely high level. It's just that Duke found a gear that I'm not even sure I thought that they could find, honestly. Their, their last three tournament games, it hasn't been that they've just been seeing clutch shots down the stretch. They've been having clutch second halves shooting the basketball. They've been very, very difficult to deal with in the second half in terms of their offense. And that makes them really dangerous in the final four. So here we go, Matthew. We got the uh, final four all set. Duke, Villanova, North Carolina, and of course, Kansas. It's been a great tournament. But you end up with four blue bloods. I think you have two great matchups. And of course, you know, UNC and Duke, which has never happened before in the NCAA tournament. Coach K's last run. And then you have, uh, you know, Kansas, obviously the winningest program of all time. And Villanova, which one can argue has become a blue blood in the sport under Jay Wright and two teams that met in the Final Four four years ago. I mean, what's what's missing? I, I feel like this is as good of a Final Four as you can get. Yeah, I'm not sure there's a whole lot missing. I mean, this is really incredible to see North Carolina and Duke. You would have thought that, like, at one point they might have met, like, in the 50s or 60s when it was a smaller tournament and it was very regionally based in terms of how teams got to the Final Four. Like, maybe they had one meeting, but, you know, the the fact is Duke actually wasn't that good in the 50s and 60s, and even in the 70s. They weren't consistently good like North Carolina was. So to have them meeting in the Final Four on that one side with Coach K coaching his last year, Hubert Davis in his first year, now the second person to play and coach in the Final Four. The first was uh, Dick Hart at Kansas. Uh, it's really just incredible. Uh, that that game is the late game, and this, it's the late game for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I mean, I you know, after all of this with St. Peter's and with Miami getting to the Elite Eight and you know, Iowa State getting to the Sweet 16, you know, to, to have this level of college basketball in this Final Four is is. Pretty well, neat that's what I think, game. Matthew. I mean, I feel like the, the upsets, we like the Cinderella story, but I do think once you get to a Final Four, you don't want a UNC-St. Peter's, you know, uh, outcome here. I think you want the, the the upsets are great to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, but then when you get to the Final Four, I think this is what you want. And when you have Villanova-Kansas as uh, the, the basically not primetime game, uh, I think that tells you everything here, man. Yeah, you've got four high-level programs that are going to duke it out for the national championship, and it's it's unfortunate Villanova is not a full strength. Um, they're going to be without their, one of their starters due to the Achilles that he suffered on uh, Saturday down in San Antonio. Otherwise, I think that Villanova-Kansas game would be just as good as that Duke-UNC game. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, we're going to be talking much more uh, later this week. We'll preview the game. 
We'll do our picks for the game, and uh, we'll look into all that in just a couple of days as we get set for the weekend and the Final Four. And here we are, man, putting a bow on the season. I just can't believe it. Yeah, I know. It's uh, like, like like we said last week, you get to the start of conference play in January, and then you get to March, and you realize it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you've got the NCAA tournament. And, and you know the, that's what's so great about this tournament. It's done so quickly. You know, Super Bowl's great. It's probably the single biggest, greatest sporting event there is. But nothing beats the tournament because it happens so quickly. You get to the final four in two weeks. You get to the champion in three weeks. Um, and, and as we've seen in this tournament with, you know, so many different types of teams winning games and advancing, um, it's, it really is the best three weeks when it comes to sports that I can think of. Could not agree more. Matthew Poston's always great to have him on. Matthew, we'll talk to you soon, my man. All right. Thanks, Pete. Always good to talk to Matthew Postons. Hey, hit that subscribe button, rate, review the podcast. You'll get a free Heartland College Sports koozie when, uh, you do that, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And trust me, there's much more content coming your way this week here on the podcast. So a lot more to come. And don't forget about our friends at DraftKings. Use that promo code HCS on DraftKings. And a great way to support the show, support our new sponsors, and get involved here at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon.